Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. This week is Parashat 32, which begins with Leviticus 25.1. You'll find that on page 139 of your complete Jewish Bible. Adonai spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. He said, tell the people of Israel, when you enter the land I'm giving you, the land itself is to observe a Shabbat rest for Adonai. Six years you will sow your field, six years you will prune your grapevines and gather their produce. But in the seventh year is to be a Shabbat of complete rest for the land, a Shabbat for Adonai. You will neither sow your field nor prune your grapevines. You are not to harvest what grows by itself from the seed left by your previous harvest, and you are not to gather the grapes of your untended vine. It is to be a year of complete rest for the land. But when the land produces during the year of Shabbat, will be food for all of you. Your servant, your maid, your employee, anyone living near you, your livestock and your wild animals on your land, everything the land produces may be used for food. You are to count seven Shabbats of years, seven times seven years, that is 49 years. Then on the tenth day of the seventh month, on Yom Kippur, you are to sound a blast on the shofar. You are to sound the shofar all through your land, and you are to consecrate the fiftieth year, proclaiming freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It will be a jubilee for you. You will return everyone to the land he owns, and everyone is to return to his family. That fiftieth year will be a jubilee for you. In that year, you're not to sow, harvest what grows by itself, or gather the grapes of untended vines, because it is a jubilee. It will be holy for you. Whatever the fields produce will be the food for all of you. In this year of Jubilee, every one of you is to return to the land he owns. If you sell anything to your neighbor or buy anything from him, neither of you to exploit the other. Rather, you are to take into account the number of years after the Jubilee when you buy land from your neighbor. And he is to sell to you according to the number of years crops will be raised. If the number of seven years remaining is large, you will raise the price. If few years remain, you will lower it because what he is really selling you is the number of crops to be produced. Thus, you are not to take advantage of each other, but you are to fear your God, for I am Adonai your God. 
Rather, you are to keep my regulations and rulings and act accordingly. If you do, you will live securely in the land. The land will yield its produce. You will eat until you've had enough, and you will live there securely. If you ask, if we aren't allowed to sow seed or harvest what our land produces, what are we going to eat the seventh year? Then I will order my blessings on you during the sixth year, so that the land brings forth enough produce for all three years. The eighth year you will sow seed, but eat the old stores, stored produce until the ninth year. That is, until the produce of the eighth year comes in. You will eat the old stored food. The land is not to be sold in perpetuity, because the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and temporary residents with me. Therefore, when you sell your property, you must include the right of redemption. That is, if one of you becomes poor and sells some of his property, his next of kin can come and buy back what his relatives sold. If the seller has no one to redeem it, but becomes rich enough to redeem it himself, he will calculate the number of years the land was sold for, refund the excess to its buyer, and return to his property. If he hasn't sufficient means to get it back himself, then what he sold will remain in the hands of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee, the buyer will vacate it and the seller return to his property. If someone sells a dwelling in a walled city, he has one year after the date of sale in which to redeem it. For a full year, he will have the right of redemption. But if he has not redeemed the dwelling in the walled city within the year, then title in perpetuity passes to the buyer through all his generations. It will not revert in the Jubilee. However, houses and villages not surrounded by walls are to be dealt with like the fields and the countryside. They may be redeemed before the Jubilee, and they revert in Jubilee. Concerning the cities of the Levites and the houses in the cities they possess, the Levites are to have a permanent right of redemption. If someone purchases a house from one of the Levites, then the house he sold in the city where he owns property will still revert to him in the Jubilee. Because the houses in the cities of the Levites are their tribe's possession among the people of Israel. The fields and the open land around their cities may not be sold because that is their permanent possession. If a member of your people has become poor, so that he can't support himself among you, you are to assist him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident, so that he can continue living with you. Do not charge him interest or otherwise profit from him, but fear your God, so that your brother can continue living with you. Do not take interest when you loan him money or take a profit when you sell him food. I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt in order to give you 
the land of Canaan and be your God. If a member of your people has become poor among you and sells himself to you, do not make him do the work of a slave. Rather, you are to treat him like an employee or a tenant. He will work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then he will leave you, he and his children with him, and return to his own family and regain possession of his ancestral land. For they are my slaves, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, they are not to be sold as slaves. Do not treat him harshly, but fear your God. Concerning the men and women you may have as slaves, you are to buy men and women slaves from the nations surrounding you. You may also buy the children of foreigners living with you and members of their families born in your land. You may own these. You may also bequeath them to your children to own. From these groups, you may take your slaves forever. But as far as your brothers, the people of Israel, are concerned, you are not to treat each other harshly. If a foreigner living with you has grown rich and a member of your people has become poor and sells himself to this foreigner living with you, or to a member of the foreigner's family, he may be redeemed after he has been sold. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him, or any near relative of his may redeem him, or if he becomes rich, he may redeem himself. He will calculate with the person who bought him the time from the year he sold himself to him to the year of the Jubilee. And the amount to be paid will be according to the number of years and his time at an employee's wage. If many years remain, according to them, <clears throat> will he refund the amount for his redemption from the amount he has bought for. If there remain only a few years until the year of Jubilee, then he will calculate with him. According to his years, will he refund the amount for his redemption. He will be like a worker hired year by year. You will see to it that he is not treated harshly. If he has not been redeemed by any of these procedures, nevertheless he will go free in the year of Jubilee, he and his children with him. For to me the people of Israel are slaves. They are my slaves whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am Adonai your God. You are not to make yourselves any idols, erect a carved statue or a standing stone, or place any carved stone anywhere in your land in order to bow down to it. I am Adonai, your God. Keep my Shabbats and revere my sanctuary. I am Adonai. Now we continue with Parashah 33. Parashah 33. By my regulations. If you live by my regulations, observe my mitzvah and obey them, then I will provide the rain you need in its season. The land will yield its produce and the trees, trees in the field will yield their fruit. Your threshing time will extend until the grape harvest and your grape harvesting will extend 
until the time for sowing seed. You will eat as much food as you want and live securely in your land. I will give shalom in the land. You will lie down to sleep unafraid of anyone. I will rid the land of wild animals. A sword will not go through your land. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall before your sword. Five of you will chase a hundred. A hundred of you will chase ten thousand. Your enemies will fall before your sword. I will turn toward you, make you productive, increase your numbers, and uphold my covenant with you. You will eat all you want from last year's harvest and throw out what remains of the old to make room for the new. I will put my tabernacle among you, and I will not reject you, but I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would not be their slaves. I have broken the bars of your yoke so that you can walk upright. But if you'll not listen to me and obey all these mitzvah, if you loathe my regulations and reject my rulings in order not to obey all my mitzvah but cancel my covenant, then I, for my part, will do this to you. I will bring terror among you, wasting disease and chronic fever to dim your sight and sap your strength. You will sow your seed for nothing because your enemies will eat the crops. I will set my face against you. Your enemies will defeat you. Those who hate you will hound you, and you will flee when no one is pursuing you. If these things don't make you listen to me, then I will discipline you seven times over for your sins. I will break the pride you have in your own power. I will make your sky like iron, your soil like bronze. I will spend your strength in vain because the land will not yield its produce or the trees in the field yield their fruit. Yes, if you go against me and don't listen to me, I will increase your calamity sevenfold according to your sins. I will send wild animals among you. They will rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and reduce your numbers until your roads are deserted. If in spite of all this you refuse my correction and still go against me, then I will go against you. Then I too will go against you. And I, yes, I will strike you seven times over for your sins. I will bring a sword against you, which will execute the vengeance of the covenant. You will be huddled inside your city. I will send sickness among you, and you will be handed over to the power of the enemy. I will cut off your supply of bread so that ten women will bake your bread in one oven and dole out your bread by weight, and you will eat but not be satisfied. And if, for all this, you still will not listen to me, but go against me, 
then I will go against you furiously. And I also will chastise you yet seven times more for your sins. You will eat the flesh of your own sons. You will eat the flesh of your own daughter. I will destroy your high places, cut down your pillars for sun worship, and throw your carcasses on the carcasses of your idols. And I will detest you. I will lay waste to your cities and make your sanctuaries desolate, so as not to smell your fragrant aromas. I will desolate the land so that your enemies living in it will be astounded by it. You I will disperse among the nations, and I will draw out the sword in pursuit after you. Your land will be a desolation, and your cities a wasteland. Then at last, the land will be paid as Shabbat. As long as it lies desolate and you are in the lands of your enemies, the land will rest and be repaid as Shabbat. Yes, as long as it lies desolate, it will have rest the rest it did not have during your Shabbats when you lived there. As for those of you who are left, I will fill their hearts with anxiety in the lands of their enemies. The sound of a driven leap will frighten them, so that they will flee as one flees from the sword and fall when no one is pursuing. Yes, with no one pursuing, they will stumble over each other as if fleeing the sword, you will have no power to stand before your enemies. And among the nations you will perish. The land of your enemies will devour you. Those of you who remain will pine away in the lands of your enemies from guilt over your misdeeds and those of your ancestors. Then they will confess their misdeeds and those of their ancestors which they committed against me in their rebellion. They will admit that they went against me. At that time, I will be going against them, bringing them into the lands of their enemies. But if their uncircumcised hearts will grow humble, and they are paid the punishment for their misdeeds, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, also my covenant with Isaac, and my covenant with Abraham. And I will remember the land, for the land will lie abandoned without them, and it will be paid its Shabbats, while it lies desolate without, desolate without them. And they will be paid the punishment for their misdeeds, because they rejected my rulings, and loathed my regulations. Yet, in spite of all that, I will not reject them when they are in the lands of their enemies, nor will I loathe them to the point of utterly destroying them and thus break my covenant with them, because I am Adonai their God. Rather, for their sakes, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors whom I brought out of the land of Egypt with the nations watching so that I may be, might be their God. I am Adonai. These are the laws, rulings, and teachings that Adonai himself gave to the people of Israel on Mount Sinai through Moses. Adonai said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel, if someone makes a clearly defined vow to Adonai to give him an amount 
equal to the value of a human being. The value you are to assign to a man between the ages of 20 and 60 years is to be 50 shekels of silver. That's one and a quarter pounds. With the sanctuary shekel being the standard. If a woman, 30 shekels. If it's a child, 5 to 20 years old, assign a value of 20 shekels for a boy and 10 for a girl. If a baby, 1 month, 5 years of age. Five shekels for a boy and three for a girl. If a person past 60, 15 shekels for a man and 10 for a woman. If the person is too poor to be evaluated, set him before the Cohen, who will assign him a value in keeping with the means of the person who made the vow. If the vow is for the value of an animal, of the kind used when people bring an offering to Adonai, all that a person gives of such animals to Adonai will be holy. He is not to exchange or replace it by substituting a good animal for a bad one or replacing it or vice versa. If he does make such a substitution, both the original animal and the one replacing it will be holy. If the animal is an unclean one, such as may be used in an offering to Adonai, he must set it before the Kohen, and the Kohen is to set a value on it in relation to its good and bad points. The value set by you, the Kohen, will stand. The value set by you, the Kohen, will stand. But if the person making the vow wishes to redeem the animal, he must add one-fifth to your evaluation. When a person consecrates his house to be holy for Adonai, the Kohen is to set a value on it in relation to its good and bad points. The value set by the Kohen will stand. If the consecrator wishes to redeem his house, he must add one-fifth to the value, you have sat on it, and it will revert to him. If a person consecrates to Adonai part of a field belonging to his tribe's possession, you are to value it according to its production. With five bushels of barley being valued at 50 shekels of silver, if he consecrates his field during the year of Jubilee, this valuation will stand. But if he consecrates his field during the year of Jubilee, his valuation will stand. But if he consecrates his field after the Jubilee, then the Kohen is to calculate the price according to the years remaining till the next Jubilee, with a corresponding reduction from your valuation. If the one consecrating the field wishes to redeem it, he must add one-fifth to the valuation, and the field will be set aside to revert to him. If the seller does not wish to redeem the field, or if the treasurer for the Kohen has already sold the field to someone else, it can no longer be redeemed. But when... The purchaser has to vacate the field in Jubilee. 
It will become holy to Adonai, like a field unconditionally consecrated. It will belong to the corn. If he consecrates to Adonai a field which he has bought, a field which is not part of his prized possession, then the Kohen is to calculate its value according to the years remaining until the year of Jubilee. And the man will on that same day pay this amount, since it is holy to Adonai. In the year of Jubilee, the field will revert to the person from whom it was bought, that is, to the person to whose tribal possession it belongs. All your valuations are to be according to the sanctuary shekel, 20 garrets to the shekel. However, the firstborn among the animals, since it is already born as a firstborn for Adonai, no one can concentrate, <clears throat> neither ox nor sheep, since it belongs to Adonai already. But if it is an unclean animal, he may redeem it at price at which you value it and add one-fifth. Or if he does not redeem it, it is to be sold at the price at which you value it. However, nothing consecrated unconditionally, which a person may consecrate to Adonai out of all he owns, person, animal, or field he possesses, is to be sold or redeemed, because everything consecrated unconditionally is especially holy to Adonai. No person who has been sentenced to die and thus unconditionally consecrated can be redeemed. He must be put to death. All the tenth given from the land, whether from planted seed or fruit from trees, belongs to Adonai. It is holy to Adonai. If someone wants to redeem any of his tenth, he must add to it one-fifth. All the tenth from the herd or the flock. Whatever passes under the shepherd's crook, the tenth room will, will be holy to Adonai. The owner is not to inquire whether the animal is good or bad, and he cannot exchange it. If he does exchange it, both it and the one he substituted for it will be holy. It cannot be redeemed. These are the mitzvah which Adonai gave Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. And then we have Jeremiah 16, 19 through 17, 14. You find that on page 577. 16, 19. Adonai, my strength, my fortress, my refuge in time of trouble. The nations will come to you from the ends of the earth, saying, Our ancestors inherited nothing but lies, futile idols, completely useless. Can a person make himself gods? In fact, they aren't gods at all. Therefore, I will make them know once and for all. I will make them know my power and my might then they will know that my name is Adonai. Judah's sin is written with an iron pen. With a diamond point it is engraved on the tablet of their hearts and on the horns of your altars. 
as they remember their children, so they remember the alt their altars and their sacred poles by the green trees on the high hills. My mountain in the field, your wealth, and all your treasures will be plundered because of the sin of your high places throughout your territory. You will relinquish your hold on your heritage which I gave you. I will make you serve your enemies in a land you do not know. For you have kindled my fiery anger, and it will burn forever. Here is what Adonai says. A curse on the person who trusts in humans, who relies on merely human strength, whose heart turns away from Adonai. He will be like a tamarisk in the Arla. When relief comes, it is unaffected, for it lives in the sun-baked desert in salty, uninhabited land. Blessed is the man who trusts in Adonai. Adonai will be his security. He will be like a tree planted near water. It spreads out its roots by the river. It does not notice when heat comes and its foliage is luxuriant. It is not anxious in the year of drought, but keeps on yielding fruit. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and morally sick. Who can fathom it? I, Adonai, search the heart. I test inner motivations in order to give to everyone what his actions and conduct deserve. A partridge hatches eggs that did not lay. Like this are those who get rich unjustly. In the prime of life their wealth will desert them, and in the end they will prove to be fools. Throne of glory, exalted from the beginning, our holy sanctuary, hope of Israel, Adonai. All who abandon you will be ashamed, those who leave you will be inscribed in the dust because they have abandoned Adonai, the source of living water. Heal me, Adonai, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. Then we have Jeremiah 32, 6 through 27. Find that on page 602. Jeremiah said, this word of Adonai came to me. Hanamel, the son of your uncle Shalom, will approach you and say, By my field at Anatot, you have next of kin rights to redeem it. So buy it. As Adonai had said, my cousin Hamanal came to me in the guards quarters and said please buy my field at Ananot in the territory of Benjamin because you will inherit it and you have next of kin's rights to redeem it so buy it for yourself then I was certain that this was Adonai's word so I bought the field at Ananot which belonged to my cousin Hamanamel, and weighed out the money for him, seven ounces of silver shekels. I signed on the purchase contract, sealed it, called witnesses, and weighed out the money for him on a balance scale. 
I took the purchase contract, both the sealed copy with the terms and conditions and the unsealed copy, and gave the purchase contract to Baruch, the son of Neriah, the son of Machaseah, in the presence of my cousin Hanamel, the witnesses who had signed the purchase contract, and the people from Judah sitting by the guard's quarter. In their presence, I instructed Baruch as follows. Here's what Adonai Zavaot, the God of Israel, says. Take these contracts, both the sealed and unsealed copies, and place them in a clay jar so that they can be preserved for a long time. For Adonai Zavaot, the God of Israel, says that one day homes, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. After giving the purchase contract to Baruch, son of Neriah, I prayed to Adonai, Adonai God, you made heaven and earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You display your grace to thousands, but also repay the guilt of the fathers into the lap of their children who follow them. Great, powerful God, whose name is Adonai Tazavo, great in counsel, mighty in deed, your eyes are open to all the ways of human beings in order to repay each one according to his ways, according to the consequences of what he does. You gave signs and performed miracles in the land of Egypt, which continue to this day. Also in Israel and among other people, thus you made yourself the reputation you have today. You brought your people of Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and miracles, with a strong hand and outstretched arm, and with great terror. Then you gave them this land, which you had sworn to their ancestors, that you would give them a land flowing with milk and honey. They entered and took possession of it, but they did not pay attention to your voice, did not live according to your Torah, and did nothing of all you ordered them to do. Therefore, you made this complete disaster befall them. The siege works are already there. They have come to the city to capture it. And the city, by means of sword, famine, and plague, is being handed over to the Kastin fighting against it. What you foretold is being fulfilled. Here you see it yourself. Yet you, Adonai God, has said to me, buy the field for money and call witnesses, even as the city is being turned over to the custom. Then this word of Adonai came to Jeremiah. Look, I am Adonai, the God of every living creature. Is there anything too hard for me? Then we have Matthew 16, 20 through 28. You find that on page 1244. Matthew 16, 20. 
Then he warned the Talmudin not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From that time on, Yeshua began making it clear to his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and endure much suffering at the hands of the elders, the head Cohen and the Torah teachers, and that they had to be put to death, that he had to be put to death, I'm sorry. But on that third day, he had to be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began rebuking him. Heaven be merciful, Lord. By no means will this happen to you. But Yeshua turned his back on Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my path because your thinking is from a human perspective, not from God's perspective. Then Yeshua told his Talmudin, If anyone wants to come after me, let him say no to himself. Take up his execution stake and keep following me. For whoever wants to save his own life will destroy it. But whoever destroys his life for my sake will find it. What good will it do someone if he gains the whole world but forfeits his life? Or what can a person give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will repay everyone according to his conduct. Yes, I tell you that there are some people standing here who will not experience death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And we have Matthew 21, 33 through 46. Now listen to another parable. There was a farmer who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it dug a pit for the wine press, and built a tower. Then he rented it to the tenants and left. When harvest time came, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his share of the crop. But the tenants seized his servants. This one they beat up, that one they killed, another they stoned. So he sent some other servants, more than the first group, and they did the same thing to them. Finally, he sent them his son, saying, My son they will respect. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they grabbed him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They answered him, he will viciously destroy those vicious men and rent out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop when it's due. Yeshua said to them, Haven't you ever read in the Tanakh the very rock which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This has come from Adonai, and in our eyes it is amazing. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the kind of people that will produce its fruit. As the head Cohen and the Pharisees listened to his stories, they saw that he was speaking about them. But when they set about to arrest him, they were afraid of the crowds because the crowds considered him a prophet. 
Then we have Luke 4, 14 through 22. And that's on page 1294. Yeshua returned to the Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and reports about him spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone respected him. Now, when he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up on Shabbat, he went to the synagogue as usual. He stood up to read, and he was given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of Adonai is upon me, because he has anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the imprisoned and renewed sight for the blind, to release those who have been crushed, to proclaim a year of the favor of Adonai. After closing the scroll and returning it to the Shemesh, he sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He started to speak to them. Today, as you heard it read, this passage of the Tanakh was fulfilled. Everyone was speaking well of him and marveling that such appealing words were coming from his mouth. They were even asking, can this be Joseph's son? Then Yeshua. Then we have. Sorry. 2 Corinthians 6 14 through 18. Find that on page 1445. 2, Two Corinthians 6 1. 14. Oh, 14. Do not yoke yourselves together in a team with unbelievers. For how can righteousness and lawlessness be partners? What fellowship does light have with darkness? What harmony can there be between the Messiah and the devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement can there be between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will house myself in them, and I will walk among you. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, Adonai says, go out from their midst, separate yourselves. Don't even touch what is unclean. Then I myself will receive you. In fact, I will be your father. And you will be my sons and daughters, says Adonai Tazavol. Thank you, Father God, for the great rest that you've given us or that you are giving us today. We uh, humble ourselves before you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>